So let's talk some more about how worthy Jesus is. You know, there's, there's always a competition going on for what is going to have first place in our lives. And how I define what has first place in our lives is what has your best affection and your best attention. So, so think about that question for a moment. What has your first, what has first place in your life? What has your best affection and your best attention? And I, I, I want to ask us to be honest about this this morning. Um, sometimes it's easier, actually, it's always easier to see this in somebody else. Like you can look at somebody else, maybe that lives in your house or somebody you work with, your neighbors. You can tell what is first place in their life, maybe a little easier than in your own life. Because in our own lives, we, we like to think about what we would like for to, to be in first place. But that's not always the case. So, so I'll ask it this way. If somebody else was looking at your life, what would they say has first place? Maybe it could be a hobby. I mean, a lot of hobbies have been put on hold right now during this COVID season. Like if your hobby is a golf, like you're, you're not able to go out and, and the weather's getting nice. I'm sure some of you are chomping at the bit to do that. Maybe, maybe your hobby is watching golf which I find bizarre. But anyway, if that's your hobby, I, yesterday we were flipping through channels and I thought the only thing worse than watching golf is watching golf that's four years old. And that's what was on TV yesterday. Anyway, so if that's your thing, that, that's great. I'll probably get an email. You send me emails about that. Um, maybe the first thing in your life is your work. And, and maybe that's really hard right now because for, for some of us, work has come into our home and now we can't get away from it. And if work has first place in your life, then it's probably really hard right, right now for you. Maybe, maybe what has first place in your life is a member of your family, someone that you really care about. Maybe it's a new baby in your house that has first place. It, it's a really important question to answer what has first place because our lives kind of exist in sort of an orbit. And whatever has first place is at the center of our orbit. And everything else kind of flows around that. And if the wrong thing is in the center of that orbit, it throws everything off. So here's the question that I want to ask that, that is really our question for the morning. What place does Jesus have in your life? Is he in first place? Or is he just one option among many? If we think about this kind of as a universal question, I think there's a lot of people that look at Jesus as one option among many. He, he, was, a, he was a good teacher. He was certainly one of the, the thought leaders of history. He has had a profound influence. And so he, he's one of the greats. So that's, that's the way some people view Jesus on a universal level. And the question I want to ask this morning then is, what, what does that look like on a personal level? Because for many people, there's a similar kind of, of orbit, if you will, that Jesus is one among many. He's important. Even for some of us who say that we follow him, Jesus is important. But the question is, is he most Important. We, we sang this, the line here, nothing is better than you. Is that true in, in your life? We're, we're going to look at a, ch- a passage this morning that challenges the idea that Jesus is just one among many. That in fact, he is actually better than any other option. 
And it may just be, as we look at this, that you may need to look at your own life and to re-examine that orbit. Maybe you need to reorient the, the orbit in your life. If you have a Bible with you this morning, turn to Colossians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be this morning. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Last week, as David said, we, we celebrated the resurrection. And we talked about the fact that God did something so that we could have something. Jesus died and rose again so that we could have some things that we did not deserve. In fact, I want to just review that. And so if you have your Bibles open there, um, verse 13 and 14 is what we looked at last week. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God did something so that we could have something. And Paul is so overcome at this point. Like we, we haven't gotten very deeply into the, the book of Colossians yet, but Paul is so overcome with the amazing things that God has done for us that he breaks into song now. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is, is actually a, a song. This is not uncommon for Paul. There, there are moments throughout his different letters where he, he just gets so excited and so overwhelmed with with what he's talking about that he's like man i just kind of got to sing about this so the verses that we're going to look at here this morning starting in verse 15 it doesn't show up this way if you're we, we usually use english standard version it doesn't show up this way actually in very many of the the english versions it doesn't show up as a song but in the greek that i've been studying to to prepare for this and in several uh, English versions as well. This is typeset as a song. So I want to show that to you. We'll put that on, on the screen for you. And you can kind of see how this breaks out into verses and, and stanzas. And as I, as I read through this, I want you to, to listen to this as though you're, you're listening to the lyrics of a song. And, and as I read through this, I want you to listen for a repeated word. I like, I like to do this with you guys because I like to make sure that you're staying awake as, as we're reading through this. So there's a word that gets repeated many times. And so I want you to catch the word and catch, count how many times it gets repeated. So starting in verse 15. He's the image. This is talking about Jesus because it's talking about the kingdom of his beloved son. This is talking about the beloved son. Jesus is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I'm giving you a hint here. Are you you catching it? And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The repeated word, all. All is, is the repeated word. And so, so, yeah, you can see now we, we've kind of highlighted those. If, and then the question is, how many times did that show up? If you said seven, I'll, I'll give you that because that's how many times the word all is. I want to give you just a little insight into the Greek. Actually, in verse 18, 
when it says that in everything he might be preeminent. That word everything is the exact same word as all. It could have been translated as in all things he might be preeminent. So it actually shows up eight times, which is really significant because in Scripture, seven is the number of completion. So we we see, for example, seven days of the week. We see seven festivals in the Jewish year. We see seven miracles in the book of John. And we could go on. There's a whole lot of other groupings of seven that show a completeness and a perfection. So when we go one beyond that, we're saying this is beyond perfection. This is superlative. Jesus is superlative and it underscores the message of this song. Jesus deserves first place. Christ deserves first place. And as we unpack, I want to go back now and unpack this song because it shows that Christ has first place in three specific areas. He, he is creator of all. He is ruler of all. And he is reconciler of all. So first, let's look at how he is creator of all. So verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together please understand when when these verses tell us that christ created all things this is equating jesus with god because in the hebrew mindset throughout the hebrew scriptures it is very clear that there is only one creator that yahweh the true god is the only creator we see that in isaiah 44 very very clearly it says i am the lord the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself. So God alone, there's only one creator. And now, now we're finding out Paul saying Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was part of creation. And so as creator, Christ possesses the authority of a creator and he is deserving of our respect. He is deserving of our worship. That's really another way. uh, That's another word we can use for what has first place in our lives. What has the best attention and best affection in our lives is worship. We we talk about here at, at Grace Point, our mission is to help more people become fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And so the, the definition of what a fully committed follower looks like is someone who is actively engaged in worshiping, connecting, serving and sharing and to worship our our attitude our posture towards the one true god is is the most defining thing about us and we see that christ is worthy of our affection because he is creator in revelation chapter 4 in the throne room scene where we sung we sang that song from earlier worthy are you our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power why for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So I think one of the reasons why people in, in our day, and actually throughout all, all of time, have rejected the idea of a creator, 
is because when you acknowledge that there's a creator, there's an authority that goes along with being a creator. If, if you acknowledge that somebody, somebody existed before you and somebody made you, that means you are by definition less than they are. That you are in a subservient kind of position to the creator. So I think that's one of the reasons why we see in our day and age the idea of creation being replaced with evolution. Because if evolution is the the source of all of us, then it removes the authority. Nobody has final authority because we all just kind of came to be. And scripture paints a very, very different picture of this. And there's this consistent effort to remove God and specifically Jesus from a position of, of being the creator, the ultimate creator who is in a position of authority. I have to give you just a really quick sidebar on this because this is really important. If you have ever spoken with a Jehovah's Witness, then you know that Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus is equal to God. And this is a really key passage because what Jehovah's Witnesses do when they get to this passage, their, their translation of the Bible is not awful. It's, it's not terrible. But they do something really interesting in this passage because this is a key passage about who Jesus is. They, they can't read this passage the way it's written because it acknowledges that Jesus is their creator. So here's what they do. They insert the word other four times. We'll put this on the screen for you. So they insert the word other. They say by him in verse 16, by him, all other things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all other things were created. Do we not have that slide? Um, okay, we don't have that slide, but I'm reading it for you. So all other things were created through him and for him. He is before all other things and in him all other things hold together. The problem with that is the word other is not there in, in the Greek. And there are words for other in the Greek that would be there if they should be there. And so in, in a, in a good translation of the Jehovah's Witness Bible, that will be in brackets. Other will, will be in brackets because it's not really there in the Greek. And so here's a question that you can ask if a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door next time is to say, hey, let's go to Colossians chapter one. Let's read verses 15 and to, to 20. And what happens if you take the word other out? Because the word other really isn't there. And then that should make for an interesting conversation because Jesus is, according to scripture, according to Paul, Jesus is the creator. He is God. He has authority over all. And verse 16 says he has all authority over all thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities. This is talking about unseen powers, mostly evil powers. These terms are usually used to, to speak about evil powers, evil unseen powers. He has authority over those. We don't need to be afraid of them because he is greater. He is stronger. In verse 17, it says that he's before all things. In him, all things hold together. So if you feel like the world is flying apart right now, it's not. He's still holding it together just as he always has. So, so Christ is the creator of all. And our appropriate response should be to respect him as our creator. There's a second reason that Christ deserves first place, and that is that he is ruler 
of all. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He is the head of the church. So as part of the church, we carry out his work under his headship, under his guidance, under his direction. We are agents of change in the world to point people to him and to point people to live the way that he has called us to live. This is why it is so important how we as Christ followers live our lives. It's not just important for us to believe the right things. It is also important for us to live out his commands, to live out the love that he demonstrated for us, the grace that he demonstrated for us, and to extend that to others. Can I just tell you, I'm so thrilled and excited to see how our church family, how our body here at Grace Point is serving one another during this time. Um, we, we have people who have stepped up and said, I want to pray with people. I want to go buy groceries for people who are at high risk. We, we have just all kinds of serving going on, even um, financial needs that are getting met. Um, I, I just I love seeing how people are living out the love of Christ to one another. And not only does it stop there, but we as a church are living out our love in our community. Um, this past week, we let you know about an opportunity to, to create some goodie bags for the homeless. We're, we're partnering with advocates for the homeless and those in need. And you guys stepped up in an amazing way this week and dropped off all kinds of stuff here at the church building. And then we, we have the, a couple, the Clefos, who are putting together these goodie bags to take and drop off on on Fridays. And so we're going to continue to do that. And so there's a list. Actually, if you go to our missions page and local outreach, you can find an updated list there of the kinds of things that we need. And here's here's what's really fun about this outreach. Advocates for homeless and those in need, they, they do a phenomenal job. They they provide meals for those who are without housing right now. And they're they're meeting the essential needs of, of these precious people. What these goodie bags do is it goes a step beyond that to kind of communicate to those people how much we value them and just that, that we respect their humanity. It's something that they're probably really needing to have reinforced right now when they're feeling in, in a very dark place. So, so this is a fun bag. Um, there's there's um, M&Ms. There's applesauce. There's homemade cookies. This is good. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen to those homemade cookies after the camera goes off here. But anyway, there's Minute Maid, uh, you know, juice here, Cheetos. There's all kinds of good stuff. And, and our church is saying we, we want to communicate value to, to people who are in need. We're, we're doing that under the headship of Christ because he modeled love and sacrifice for us. And we want to do that and communicate his love to, to others. We're, we're carrying out his work, building bridges, bringing hope to people who are in need. Verse 18 says, says Jesus is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. We talked about that last week. Death could not hold him. That in everything he might be preeminent. That in all things he might be preeminent. Jesus is in first place, period. And so the appropriate response for us 
because he is ruler, is to submit to his rule, to submit to him and say, Jesus, you be in charge. If I'm left alone, I'll mess my life up, but I want you to be in charge. There's a third way that, that Christ deserves to be in first place. Um, we often don't give Jesus first place as creator and as ruler. We, we often disrespect him as creator. We ignore him. We, we often don't respect him as ruler and obey him. And so there is then a breach in our relationship and we need a reconciler. Christ is the reconciler of all. We, we don't give Jesus first place as a race of people. We don't give Jesus often first place uh, as, as individuals. And when we don't, there is a breach in our relationship. You, you know what a breach feels like. I bet any of you who, who have anybody else in the house and probably not even, doesn't even have to be somebody in the house this week, you probably had a breach with somebody recently because right now we're living in close quarters. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stuff going on. We know what a breach feels like. There's a break in our relationship. And, and when we have a breach, we need to reach for reconciliation. When we have a breach that is a separation, we, we need to reach across that separation. And, and the reality is that you and I don't have the ability to be able to reach across the separation that exists between God and us because God is so far higher. We need a reconciler to step into that space. And that is what Jesus did. Verse 19. For in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, there, there is no human, there's no created human being that is adequate to be able to reconcile all of the mistakes that all of humanity has made throughout all of history. There's no created human that can do that. Only God could bear the sin of the world and, and take the penalty of the mistakes that we have made. And as, as it says here, um, he, he made peace by the blood of his cross to satisfy God's righteous demands for perfection. Ponder the amazing grace of God for, for just a moment, if you would. God created, Jesus created everything good. He created it all good and he created and he gave us to eat from every tree in the garden. He's so gracious, so generous. He created it all good. He is the rightful ruler over all things. Because he is the creator, because he's the source of all things, he is the rightful person in ultimate authority and we should submit to him, yield ourselves to him, be obedient to him. But that's not what happened. And because we didn't recognize him as creator and as ruler, we have breached that relationship. And God, by all rights, should have just left that breach there. Should have just left that separation there and said, forget you guys. But Christ went beyond that and he bridged that gap by being the reconciler of all things. He made a way for us to have relationship with God. And so 
when we encounter a breach in our relationship with God. We are able to reach to him and say, say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to reconcile the wrongs that I have done. I need you to bridge that gap. See, Christ deserves first place. He deserves first place on a universal level. And he deserves first place in each one of our hearts. And so that's the question that I just want to leave you with this morning. Okay, Who is, who or what is in first place in your life? Is Jesus in first place in your life? He deserves to be because he's, he is the creator. He's the creator. He is your creator. He he wove you together in your mother's womb. He, he saw your life before it began. He had a purpose for you. And so he is your creator. And because of that, he has the right to be your ruler. He has the right to the preeminent place in, in your life to, to which you would submit yourself and say, Jesus, I will I will live this life that you have given me. I will live it your way. He deserves that. And when we don't, because all of us don't at multiple points, then we have made a breach in our relationship. And we need to reach for Christ to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to reconcile this. I need you to bring your blood into play in my life to cleanse over the the wrongs that I have done to bring forgiveness so that the breach can be replaced by reconciliation. We're going to talk a lot more about reconciliation next week. But this is today. This is a good time. Today is a good time to give Jesus first place in your life. It may be for the first time. Maybe you've never even considered Jesus being in the center of orbit for your life. Maybe you don't know what that looks like. Can I just tell you, as I live into this, as I discover what it means more and more to follow Jesus, that the more central Jesus is to the orbit in my life, that the better the other pieces fit and, and work in, in orbit. When I try to put something else in the center of that, it just throws everything off. So today may be your first time to trust Jesus. Say, Jesus, I've tried it all the other ways. Now I want you to be in the center. Maybe for some of you, maybe as you've been listening to this, you've said, you know, I, I put Jesus, I, I asked Jesus to be in first place in my life at one point, but I kind of have, have drifted away from that. And maybe you need to renew that this morning. Let's pray together. And I want to just lead us in inviting Jesus to be in the first place in our life that he deserves. Jesus, um, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your immense, incredible power that spoke things into being. You you spoke things into being where there was nothing before. You didn't didn't have building blocks to work with. You just spoke it and it, it became. And so we're in awe of power like that. We're in our all of power like yours. And Lord, we recognize that because you are the source of all things and because you have that incredible power, you are by rights the ruler of all things. 
that we should submit ourselves to you and obey you. And truly, when we do that, um, the world is a better place when, when we are living under your rule of love and benevolence and, and kindness. But Father, we, we acknowledge that we don't always recognize you as our creator. We don't always give you the respect that you deserve. We don't always submit to you as our ruler. And so, Jesus, we recognize that there's been a breach in our relationship. So, Lord, even now in these moments, we reach for you. And, Lord, if there's anyone listening who has never reached for you before, then I pray that you would stir in their hearts, give them the courage to reach out, give them the courage to say these words with me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I've, I've put other things in the center of my life, but that does not work. And Jesus, I want to turn my life over to you now. And I, I want to experience the reconciliation that comes because of your sacrifice for me. And Lord, for someone who's listening who has drifted away from you being in the center of their life. I pray now, Father, for them that they would say, Jesus, I want you back in the center. Would you please help me humble myself before you so that you can be in the center, so that the orbit of all things can be reestablished appropriately because you deserve first place. Jesus, we thank you for these things, and we pray it in your name. Amen. As we end here this morning, uh, we've got a new week ahead of us. And what we always like to say uh, at the end of the service is have a great week following Jesus. We follow Jesus because he deserves first place. Have a great week following him. We will look forward to connecting with you over the coming week.